There are basically two types of people who attend church. There's the person who is born again of the Spirit of God, changed by God, instantly born again, made into a new creature. He is described for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're simply changed by God, not by our own learning, not by our own works, not by trying to do good works, not by signing up on the bulletin board at church for certain projects. We are changed by God when we are born again. We are so different that sometimes we don't even recognize that we are the ones who said something when we said it because we used to say things so differently. Often we don't like to be around those people that we were once around. We don't like to do the same things we once did. We are born again, given the Spirit of God. Instead of hating people, we walk in the Spirit, and that produces the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Galatians chapter 5. Now, some people at church try to learn to do those things of the Spirit. But we who have the Spirit in us and follow God end up automatically doing those things because they're the fruits of the Spirit of God. If we follow God, if we do what He says to do, we're going to produce the fruits of the Spirit of God. The others who try to produce the fruits of the Spirit of God will fail. So there are basically two types of people attending church. I find the small minority to be the ones who are born again. The vast number of people who attend church attended church from the time they were babies, taken to church by their parents. The vast number of people who attend church think you have to learn with your natural mind, reading the Bible, and learning the things of God, and then trying to do the things of God. They try to be godly. They often imitate people that they consider to be spiritual. But it is only when we have in us God's Spirit that we can be godly. We are godly because His Spirit is in us. They try to be godly only to go out and during the week do all types of other things. It's like making New Year's resolutions by your own will. So we start with that concept. If you have never had the experience with God where He has revealed something to you and changed you immediately and you're now a different person, If you've never had that experience, let me suggest that you fall down before God and just ask Him for His mercy. For Romans 9 tells us that He will have mercy on whom He will have mercy, and whom He will He hardeneth. It's not of ourselves. 
We who are born again know we didn't do anything to deserve to be born again. It was simply the will of God and the goodness of God that caused us to be born again and to change. And we didn't change by learning these things. We were changed from within as the Spirit of God brought to our minds what to do in the situation and we followed the Spirit of God we automatically produced the fruits of the Spirit of God. It was all from within by the Spirit of God. Deuteronomy 28. Though this is an Old Testament scripture, and they didn't have the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, they had to try to do things by their flesh, and they often failed. God created a new way for us in the New Testament. In the New Testament, he gave us his spirit. He caused us to be born again. Jesus says you must be born again, otherwise you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't see things of God unless you're born again. I heard a man who was a Bible teacher say before he was born again, and he had, a, he had something like 184 IQ, genius level IQ. He said, before he was born again, he tried to read the Bible and he couldn't understand it at all. It made no sense to him. And that's exactly the truth. That's exactly what happens. They end up following the letter of the law, putting everybody in bondage, or they end up twisting the word of God and perverting the scriptures, which is terrible. Deuteronomy 28 though it was spoken in the Old Testament, I know it still applies to us today, and those of us who are born again. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. You can't really follow the Spirit of God unless you have the Spirit of God. That's why you must be born again. The Spirit of God brings to our minds what we are to do in the specific situations of this present life and when we do those things we produce the fruits of the spirit as we are following God and we basically fulfill the law without even trying to because the Holy Spirit doesn't go against the Bible and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And another thing about this subject of blessed will be like Abraham. We'll be a blessing everywhere we go when we follow God. 
even if they leave us, even if we speak a word of God as directed by the Spirit of God and they choose to leave us, we are still a blessing for they got to hear the word of God from us. And many are saved because of what we speak and the way we live. I've had many people saved in my path. I've had many people leave me because I spoke the word of God. But I've also had many people saved. My own mother, she used to like horoscopes. From the time I was a child, we would go to the drugstore and she would buy the horoscope magazine. I was visiting her house after I was born again and I opened her kitchen cabinet and there were sitting some Zodiac mugs which I had given to her before I was born again. When I saw them after I was born again, I took a garbage bag and just began putting the mugs into a garbage bag and my mother was watching me and she said, wait, what are you doing? I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I did not say one word to her. I just filled the bag with the Zodiac mugs, took them out to the alley, broke them in the dumpster so nobody else could use them, and threw them in the garbage dumpster to be carried away. I went back into the house. I went into the bedroom, got my Bible, opened it up to Deuteronomy 18, and began reading this passage of scripture aloud to my mother. Starting at verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. I closed the Bible and my mother sat there for a few minutes, a few seconds. And then she said, Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She agreed with God. She was born again. That second. I went back to Dallas where I live and I got a letter from my uncle. And he said, Your mother has changed. She's really changed. That's what being born again is. Sometimes God will give us a word, we agree with that word, and we are changed by God from within. He changes us and gives us His Spirit to live in us. But we are blessings everywhere we go when we follow the Spirit of God, sharing what He wants us to share. Back to Deuteronomy 28, start at verse 6. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and flee before thee seven ways. 
The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. The Lord shall command the blessing to come upon thee. It won't be that you're out there trying to get a blessing. You're following the Spirit of God, doing what God tells you to do by His Spirit. He's going to command the blessings upon us. It's just like He commands the sun to shine in the morning. He commands the solar system so that the earth stays in place, so that the stars and the moon do exactly what they're supposed to do. He commands the rain to come upon the land. Sometimes he commands hail to come upon the land. He commands the snow to come. And one thing I've always loved so much is the understanding from God and from the Bible that he commands the waves and the ocean so that those waters on that beach can only come up to a certain point. God is in charge of all of these things. And he also commands the heart of man, sometimes to evil, sometimes to good. Sometimes man will be an instrument of God's to execute judgments upon evildoers. But God is in control. He is the one who commands it. Verse 9, the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. You don't have to read scripture to them for them to see this. You don't certainly don't want to be telling them which church you go to because that brings division in the body of Christ. The minute you do that, you're dividing the body of Christ. For we really have only one church, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. If you doubt what I'm saying, read 1 Corinthians 3. Paul told him in 1 Corinthians 3, he said, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but unto, as unto carnal. Because one of you says, I'm of Apollos, and the other says, I'm of Paul, dividing the body of Christ. One says, I'm Baptist. One says, I'm Methodist. Immediately, division comes. It's a terrible thing, really. And the people who do this are carnal, not godly. 1 Corinthians 3. All the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. You're different when you belong to God. When you're born again, you're different. They see that you are different. And they are afraid of you. We have a neighbor. From the very first time I met her, after I moved to Colorado, she was testing me. She was trying to decide my position on homosexuals and lesbians from the very first time I met her. Finally, the occasion arose when she's a tennis teacher and I had bought some tennis wristbands to support my both of my wrists because uh, I've had broken wrists. 
and I could wear them sometimes when I'm typing. She came one day into my bedroom to visit with me, and I showed her my tennis wristbands. And I said, do you know what these are? And she said, tennis wristbands? And I said, yes. Then she said, does this mean that you approve homosexuals and lesbians? How can a tennis wristband mean that? I was so shocked. All I said was, "Uh, no, I don't think so. And I was just so shocked. How could a tennis wristband show that I was supporting homosexuals and lesbians? Well, I went to the Amazon website where I'd ordered the tennis wristband to see if it said anything about this, and it didn't. But these wristbands are bright colors. They've got about five colors in in wide bands around the article. I went to some website, and they were showing homosexuals and lesbians marching in a parade. And they had a flag that had wide colors in it, wide bands of color. And apparently she knew this. I didn't know it until I looked it up after she spoke. But apparently she knew this. And she took this as an opening to find out if I supported homosexuals and lesbians. Two days later, I sent her a letter, U.S. Mail. She lives two houses down from us. But I sent it U.S. Mail. And I sent her many scriptures on the subject of homosexual lesbians. I sent one in, um, it's in uh, Genesis 13, where it says they were exceedingly evil above all men, the men of Sodom. I also sent her the scripture in Genesis 19 where the two angels were sent by God to destroy Sodom because of their wickedness. And the two angels ended up spending the night at the house of Lot, which Lot was the nephew of Abraham. And they were had a purpose of delivering Lot before they destroyed Sodom. While they were at Lot's house that night, Homosexuals came out from every part, every quarter of the city of Sodom wanting to have sex with these two men. For angels don't have wings. They look like just natural men. I sent her that scripture. I sent her the scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 26, which we will read. For by the scriptures we see the thinking of God on the subject, for all scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable to us for correction, to reprove our doctrine, to see how God thinks about things. Romans chapter 1, start at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, 
God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I really never heard from that moment again, at least to this point in time. Paul said, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. See, you don't make out a list of things you're going to say to the woman. You follow the Spirit of God, saying only what God wants you to say. Writing only what God wants you to write. Now, how do you know? He brings it to your memory. He reminds you of one scripture. Then you're just about to finish writing that scripture. He reminds you of another scripture. And then maybe another scripture. And you write what is brought to your mind by the Spirit of God. Or if you're with the person, you say what is brought to your mind by the Spirit of God. But you don't do all this ahead of time, figuring out what you can say to set them straight. For that's you doing the work. When you follow the Spirit of God, it's God doing the work. There's a big difference between you doing the work and God doing the work. We must be born again and we must follow the Spirit of God. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So until you're born again, you really can't see things of God. Jesus says that in John chapter 3, verse 3, and Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, because they're foolishness to him. Many of the things I say would be foolishness to the natural man in the examples that I have given through the years. So it is important that we follow the Spirit of God, speaking what God wants us to speak because he will remind us of the scripture or the subject, and we speak that. Or when we write, we do the same thing. Following the Spirit of God. If we do otherwise and try to do a good work, we're following our own idea and we could be turned away at the day of judgment. For Jesus tells us that many are going to come in his name and they are going to say, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Matthew chapter 7. It is going to be a terrible time for those people who try to do good works of their own thinking. For example, they put a list on the bulletin board at church and they say, please sign up if you're interested in doing these things. And so you sign up to visit the sick, which sounds like a good work, or to do hospital visitations. It sounds like a good work. Or you might sign up to take food to the needy. Or you might be signing up for a a ministry trip to another city to minister to people. All of those things sound like good works. Let's read what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 21. 
Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There was a man who came to our house, and he was an exterminator. I had seen a couple of little mice in my bedroom. He came to deal with the issue. He identified himself immediately as a Christian. And as he was trying to put out treatment concerning the mice to drive them away, he said to me, you can always pray that those mice would go to the home of one of your neighbors whom you hate. I responded, I said, but I don't have any neighbors that I hate. This is supposedly a Christian man. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. They can say, oh, I was just kidding. But it came from their heart. The words that we speak reveal what we are inside of us whether good or bad. We could take something into our heart and it will come out of our mouth later like a seed planting in our heart. So we have to guard our heart with all diligence. I'm always uh, sitting here if I watch TV, I hear them say things that are not correct by the word of God. And I say, that's not correct. And then I take my Bible and look that up to reinforce the strengths in the scriptures, in my own heart, in my own heart. Deal with your heart. For we must guard our heart with all diligence. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you know the person by what they're saying out of their mouth. Back to Deuteronomy 28. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his way. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord thy God swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God to observe and to do them. Those things brought to our mind by the Holy Spirit show us the way to go 
and the specific issues of this present life. Here's an example. March 2020. The coronavirus was raging in the United States. On March 11th, I was totally shocked. I was watching television, and they came on with an announcement that the NCAA had canceled the basketball tournament March Madness. They came on with an announcement that Major League Baseball had canceled their season. And it was just incredible. We'd never seen anything like this. Then they announced that businesses were closing in cities like New York City. Times Square was just totally vacant. People were not there any longer at Times Square. It was like a town that had been completely destroyed. It was shocking. It was terrifying. People all over the world were affected. In the United States, it manifested itself in March 2020 and then got worse. I had a special problem at that exact time. My house in Texas had been on the real estate market for the past year and a half and had not sold. How can I expect a house to sell in the middle of a coronavirus when people are terrified? I turned to God in prayer, and I asked him a question. Is there anything I should do about that house in Texas? Immediately, by the Holy Spirit, this concept came into my mind instantly after I asked that. Put the house on a special sale for one week only and lower the price. So I called my realtor immediately and told her what to do. The house sold in two days. It's still such a relief to me not to have that property. And I thank God, for I know he showed me what to do and I did it. That's one of the great benefits of being born again, having the Spirit of God in us, because the Spirit of God is a helper. The Spirit of God shows us the heart of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we know what to do after we have heard from the Spirit of God. I have so many examples through the past 40 years of hearing from the Spirit of God that way in the form of thought. And therefore, I knew exactly what to do in the case at hand. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But a great many people are not born again. And they don't have the Spirit of God in them. They just copy people at church who seem to be religious. And they do the things they tell them to do at church. They may have gone forward and been baptized without having the Spirit of God. I did that myself when I was 15. I didn't want to go to hell. And when I would visit my aunt, she went to Church of Christ. And so I would go to church with her. And I thought I was hearing the preachers preach that be baptized and then you will be a member of the church and you won't go to hell. So I went forward and was baptized when I was 15. But I was not born of the Spirit of God. I didn't have the Spirit of God in me. I hadn't even recognized that I was a sinner. 
I couldn't repent and be baptized because I didn't know what I was repenting of. I just didn't want to go to hell. Well, I wasn't changed at all. Later, when I was 37, 38 maybe, God spoke to me by his spirit and said, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. I said, ah, sins. Looks like an arrow had gone through my heart. I thought they were mistakes. I was born again at that instant, given the spirit of God. Then I could follow God. And after you can follow God and have the spirit of God, you learn to evaluate the thoughts to see if they're of God. Thoughts of the devil are usually pushy. Like, you got to do this, you got to do it now, you've got to hurry up. Thoughts of God. The first thing God showed me about following God and identifying his plans, Matthew 11, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Matthew eleven thirty. Then there's James 3, 16, 17. 3, 17 tells us the wisdom that's from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated full of mercy and good fruits, without hypocrisy and without partiality. If there's any form of twisting or lying in their plan, it's not God's plan. So you need to just stop and pray again. If it's extremely complex, the idea that comes to you, if it's extremely complex or maybe overly expensive, you can... No, that you don't have the plan of God. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Following God, the first thing God showed me was that Matthew eleven thirty, My yoke is easy. And I would see things that I'd done in the past that were terribly complex. Well, the flesh loves to be able to tear down brick walls. But the way of God is simple. And I learned the difference at that time between the way of God and the way of devils and the flesh. And I began to see the difference in the spirits and what they tried to get me to do by the thoughts that were brought to my mind. And I began to identify the way of God by the word of God and by the characteristics of what it was that I was thinking of doing. One time I, in, in the year 2020, I was... Um, considering having the front seats of my 25-year-old car reupholstered. As I was thinking about this, I heard from the Spirit of God, and this is what I heard. Or you could just buy a new car. Oh, I could, couldn't I? So see, he gave me an alternate way to go. I had sold the house in Texas by that time. The money was just sitting in the bank. I could easily pay cash for a new car. I felt God was showing me this is the better way to go than having your old car reupholstered because I could do it easily. That was a very easy thing to do. I always evaluate it by, is this an easy way to go? So you learn through the years to follow God. And when you follow God, all the blessings of God 
overtake you and you are also a blessing to everyone around you, just as Abraham was. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.